Oh my god, honey, pause right there. Look at the Klingon in the alley. They do have two of everything. Welcome to The Spinal Frontier, a podcast where we speculate as to why Star Trek aliens are the way they are. I'm Aaron, they them. And I'm Kelly, she her. <laughs> Aaron just took shards there. It's another one of our elusive uh, species episodes. Talked a lot about Klingons here and there in a bunch of different topics because there's been a lot of lore about them, but let's look at the the holistic Klingon. <laughs> so, Han, why don't you introduce us to who the Klingons are, as if there's anybody who listens to our podcast who is that far under a rock. <laughs> um, yeah, so the Klingons are a long-running alien species on Star Trek, and in the original series, they were a recurring villain. In The Next Generation, we had our first Klingon Starfleet officer in uh, Lieutenant Worf, and then from then on, they were just sort of tenuous allies with the Federation until, um, I want to say, Dis yeah, until Discovery, right now until Enterprise, which was a prequel, mm -hmm. so was Discovery. Yes. So that relationship hadn't been established yet. And is that, I'm get, that's kind of why we don't have Klingons in Strange New Worlds either. Right. Yeah. I think, yeah, they, I think they may be keeping them for season two. Before we get into the physiology, there is a little bit of like low-key racist uh, phenotypes with the oh, original yeah. mustachioed nature of the TOS Klingons. Mm-hmm. They're a little, they had to change their appearance quite a bit um, to put them in TNG. Yeah. They were kind of Asian-coded and in mm. not a great way. No, not not a very nice depiction. No. I'm really glad that uh, this franchise has made leaps and bounds since the 60s. Mm -hmm. Go, go <laughs> you guys. Okay. So let's talk about the Klingons that we do now and the ones that we're going to think about. We've talked a bunch about Klingons in general, like I said, but we mm. have... Our very stereotypical Klingon is Worf. He's in, let's see, three franchises now? Yeah, he was uh, introduced into the next generation. Then he was part of the main cast in Deep Space Nine. Mm -hmm. And he's back in season three of Picard. So, yeah. <laughs> That's not a spoiler. You've seen the commercials. Don't come at us. <laughs> Hopefully you've seen the commercials. Is he second only to Brent Spiner in <laughs> how many franchises he's been in? No one will ever be beat Brent Spiner. Or Colum Meany. I don't know where he ranks. <laughs> I, I think he's only been in two. Huh? Well, technically he's mentioned in uh, Lower Decks. But... Yeah. Does a does a golden statue of a person count as an appearance? <laughs> uh, if the statue doesn't have lines. Okay. Yeah, he didn't get paid for that. Anyway, Back to the transporter room. <laughs> Okay, so we have our straightforward Klingon. Mm -hmm. We also, we, when we talked about um, hybridization and we mm -hmm. talked about characters who are have multiple humanoid lineages, Belana Torres, obviously, and her progeny. Yeah. Um, they have some of the Klingon traits, and some of the Klingon traits kind of supersede the human ones, it seems like. Mm -hmm. And then finally, one of the ones I want to bring up later uh, is one of the many exciting Klingons from Discovery is uh, Ash Tyler, a.k.a. Voke. Yep. Just because of the extent of how much the Klingon medical technology seems kind of rudimentary until you get to this point where they are so good at plastic surgery mm -hmm. that they get down to the DNA nuclear level and are able to completely change or mostly change the signatures. Like, that's nuts. But we'll get into that. Yeah. <laughs> Pre-plastic surgery, 
what are some of these distinct features that we think of when we think of Klingons? Um, so for the iconic Klingon look, which is going to be uh, like the next generation slash the motion picture going forward. So we think of Worf, right? And that's going to be, they have very prominent head ridges. Um, On very prominent heads. It's yes. Like, uh, yeah. It's very much a f- like... Right on the forehead. Well, the hairline starts like on top of the head. There's mm-hmm. very much, yeah, much forehead there. Yep, and uh, there it's kind of like the ridges are different depending on family lines. So Worf's kind of comes up to a point, and there's a bunch of them. And I think yeah, so Balana's forehead ridges point downwards, unlike Worf's. And then um, Galron has kind of like a bumpy head. So <laughs> he's gotten beat up a lot. That's <laughs> probably I don't know how much of that is actually inherited. <laughs> we did talk about skull like Klingon skulls before when we talked mm-hmm. about skulls because they have such thick bones and such reinforced dense bone because they're so physically aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> like oh they've evolved some pretty serious traits that have made them be very hard to hurt. <laughs> I yeah. guess. I mean, they get hurt all the time and they don't care, but they also have a lot of protective structures. And mm-hmm. this thick, bony skull is definitely one of them. Yeah, yes. They also have, like, really sharp teeth, and I'm not sure if that's natural or if they file them like Ferengi. I don't know. They might be just broken. I think they just bite each other a lot because oh, okay. their teeth are really not regular, mm-hmm. as far as I can tell. Worf did buy a tooth sharpener from Quark, but he also seemed a little bit unsure about what it was, so I'm not sure if he's yeah. seen one before. Well, he's never been to a dentist, Yeah, assuredly. Well, actually, <laughs> that's a lie. Spoilers for season three, Picard. Worf yeah. has been to the dentist. Yes, he's got some pearly <laughs> whites. They're still, they're still pointy and, and Klingon-like, but he's been flossing. Maybe that's his like zen practice that he does. Self-care. Oh, sure. <laughs> And then in the uh, Star Trek biology text that we have, the Klingons are also shown to have this spike on their foot. Like, we see it. We see it in shoes too. Yeah. Like, are they hang out of their boots or something? Mm-hmm. Like, their their boots have uh, like a metal spike on the top of their foot mm-hmm. that you know, like one would assume is decorative. But if the non-canonical Star Trek biology texts are to be believed, there's actually a spike there on their foot. Yeah, it's protective of that spike. It's I... a spike sheath. <laughs> I feel like it's a bit of a Duclass situation. Oh, yeah? It's probably a bit vestigial at this point. Maybe that's why they protect it, but they don't want to get rid of it because, mm-hmm. like, it's pretty BA to have, like, this big... big. So how, your... how big is that foot spike? It looks like it's a couple inches. Okay, because I was wondering that the texts also, like, exaggerate musculature and stuff. So sure. I was wondering if maybe the big spike on the boot isn't reflective of the actual size. Ooh... I'm confident we've seen. Mm-hmm. There's got to be some Klingon foot, but I don't want to look that up because the internet is a scary place. Yeah, no, um, I know that we've probably seen Worf's feet before, uh, but I don't want to look up pictures of no. that. I don't want that in my search no. history. <laughs> no, it's kind of a Schrodinger's Klingon's foot horn. <laughs> yeah, there we go. So they might have a prominent foot horn that they are protecting or exaggerating with this uh, metal spike on the outside of their shoe. Like like a, like a feather in their cap? Or sure. Or an maybe, elaborate cod piece? Or maybe it's like really withered down, like over, mm-hmm. they don't use it anymore. And so maybe there's a little bit of a bump there, but it's not really mm-hmm. a horn anymore. It's vestigial. <laughs> vestigial foot horn. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's one of those two things. I'm not Googling it. You Google it, mm, listener, yes. not us. Um, so so we have these foot horns. Generally, I'm guessing it'd probably be like what you would expect with male roosters mm-hmm. or potentially like uh, stingrays that have probably keratin, probably made of the same stuff as our fingernails and hair yeah. um, that are meant for scratching during battle. Is so, that on their tail? Uh, stingrays, it's uh, mounted, yeah, on top of their tail, and they kind of whip it around. Okay. I've been stung by a stingray before. I accidentally oh, no. kicked one in undergrad, um, and it cut into my foot and ripped back out, <laughs> just into my toe. You... Just like, it bar- like as far as stingray stings go, it was the babyest. Like, okay. it was the least cool version. <laughs> <laughs> I did oh have gosh. to go get my foot boiled at the um, lifeguard station, but this might surprise you, listeners, because this is a biology podcast. But I have a weak constitution when it comes to wounds. Yeah, that's why they're the engineer, and I'm <laughs> so the biologist. I'm making a face right now. You can't see it, but it's they're gonna puke in our closet. No, that's not not that bad. I'm just a little bit horrified. Meanwhile, I've for sure eaten lunch next to the thing I was in the middle of dissecting. So. Mm. I'm a monster. We know this. Anyway, continuing, continuing on. So we've, we, they have this horn that's probably for stinging or for like scratching or s- stabbing. But I do wonder if, because we'll talk about the Genesis episode mm-hmm. where Worf evolves, but um, I wonder if there maybe is like a stingray, some venom element to, or was some venom element to that spike as well. Oh, that would be really interesting. I mean, it sounds about right. They, yeah. They've evolved a lot of different weaponry, so it could be. And then they're also mentioned to have redundant organs. Yes. And, yeah, I know. I want to say it's the one where um, Worf gets Donkey Konged into sickbay by the girl. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, and, and then they're like, oh, um, Klingons have two of everything. But that doesn't make sense because it's a spinal injury, and he factually does not have two spines. No, does not have two spines. I think this is probably... Uh, greatest generation wink to uh, that podcast because in discovery there is a Klingon peeing in an alley Oh, and uh, that was their joke on that podcast podcast that famously asked if they have two of everything yes and but then the wink was there were two streams so um this this made us wonder how many things are supposed to be duplicate and I looked at the again there's a 1970s starfleet medical manual Mm -hmm. that talks about kind of the the quote-unquote major humanoid species the one that we know a lot about and klingons are obviously one of them but i'm gonna read the paragraph okay yeah because i have questions (laughs) and of course this is not necessarily canon although it is a paramount produced thing from the 70s Mm -hmm. so like it's not nothing, but... It's, it's beta canon, like a lot sure. of the novels. Yeah. yeah. Products of bioengineering. What? Klingons are a race selectively bred for efficiency by way of carefully controlled gene pools and strict government supervision. What? As a result of the rapid Klingon metabolism... That makes sense. Uh, the stomach is equipped with two duodenum... Duodena... Duodenums? Oh. They said they they didn't pluralize. Duodenai. Duodenopodes, uh, which allow for a greater flow of digestive material to pass on to the small intestines. Physician, take note. The Klingon small intestines are a complex series of highly efficient step-like levels, first descending and then ascending to the large intestine. Also note the two large independent livers, which result in the higher than average... 
uh, higher than hominid average body temperature. Um, it says temperature slash pulse slash, slash respiration rates, and the temperature is 96. They don't say 96 what? Then, then that would be uh, Celsius. Okay. I There's... wish they would put it on. Well, I, it would make sense also because all their other measurements are in um, standard SI units. Mm-hmm. So like metric system, okay. mostly. So Klingons run really hot then. I guess. Oh, okay. Yeah, that high metabolism situation um, makes sense to me because if they have these huge livers... I, I think I might have mentioned it before, but I think a lot of Klingon physiology reminds me a lot of sharks. Mm, yeah. Um, because they have they have two livers. So mm. a liver, a big liver in an animal can be for energy storage because livers are where you... If you don't have a lot of fat, um, another way your body can store energy is by converting glucose to glycogen and mm-hmm. store it in the liver. And so Klingons have two livers. It seems like they're storing a lot of energy in order to fuel all of their extra organs. I will say, because they're producing this really thick bone, um, I have a lot of thoughts about <laughs> Klingon physiology that we haven't really talked about yet, but because um, long bones like are, is where... You, human bodies produce white bl- red blood white blood cells klingons have a lot of big bones mm-hmm. and so i'm wondering if part of that supports this really like high energy i've never seen a f- uh, klingon that has a lot of adipose tissue either they're all pretty athletic and so um i think I mean, i've seen them like ken peck was a bigger guy bigger but like there's still a lot of muscle there yeah okay. i'm thinking that a lot of their evolution is really meant to support this really high level body. Mm-hmm. And so we have this uh, high metabolism, which is how you're creating and using cellular energy. And so they have to take in a lot of oxygen and move a lot of oxygen around. That's what your blood is for. I mean, we talked about their blood. It was pink in the one movie, which would be more like hemorrhythrin. Everything else is red. And mm-hmm. so I'm guessing that they have, that they're really using hemoglobin. And that's why there's multiple instances of Klingon human hybridization. Mm -hmm. But I think they might be pushing the edge of what, like how big they can be or how much they can use because Mm -hmm. you have to be constantly producing red blood cells. They fight a lot and they bleed a lot. Everything they do involves getting beat up or Mm -hmm. cutting themselves or whatever. And so they bleed a lot. And so I worry that they're always on the edge of anemia. Mm-hmm. Because they have all of these bones and it's hopefully producing enough red blood cells, mm-hmm. but they do bleed a lot. And so they need to make sure that they're maintaining their iron levels and mm-hmm. stuff. And so I think that's why blood wine exists in their diet and gah. Oh, okay. What a, so blood wine feels self-explanatory, but what about gah? There are many kinds of worm that have many kinds of respiratory pigments. We talked about this in the blood respiratory pigments episode um, early on in Spinal Frontier. But earthworms, which is what we experience gawk to be made out of, I think there's sometimes dirt in it, so that Mm -hmm. would make sense. Um, If they're earthworms, they're segmented worms, and most segmented worms use hemoglobin, which we use in our blood. And so I think they're drinking blood wine and eating gawk like crazy okay. to supplement all of the bleeding they've been doing mm-hmm. so that they don't become anemic trying to recover from constant injury. That would be really interesting. That That is my big uh, Klingon revelation mm-hmm. as I was thinking about this topic. So that's what we see currently. Mm-hmm. 
do you want to talk about the potential? I mean, we talked about the progenitor of all the humanoids, but mm-hmm. like, let's talk about halfway through from between yeah, progenitor yeah. and we uh, about, modern Klingon. Yeah, we talked about the progenitor in a in a previous episode. We talked about a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we're gonna if if you're curious about that, please feel free to go back. I think it's uh, episode three or four. So yeah, coming from the progenitor moving forward, there's an episode of The Next Generation called Genesis, and it is, I think it's probably The Next Generation's threshold. I think it's fun. It's a fun episode. It's kind of a creepy episode, Um, but in it, like Captain Picard and a couple other people on his away team come back to the Enterprise and find it. He's like out of power, and they can't find anybody, and then like when they do find people, they're in various stages of de-evolution, which is not a real thing. But, like, for instance, Riker is, um, like a Homo erectus. Yeah, like a caveman. Um, caveman. <laughs> caveman. <laughs> Worf is the, the minotaur in the labyrinth. Basically. Um, <laughs> and, uh, he's really interesting really scary really scary he has his brow ridges are way bigger and more prominent which is saying something he has an exoskeleton he's got these big like his jaw bones like his mandibles extend into like points and i'm kind of wondering if they're supposed to articulate like a Ooh, uh, like like a bug's or like like predator is that or is or it like, alien it's which one is predator that? Yeah. But well, we don't see that in the episode, so I don't know. He's also got venom sacs on his face, and he can spit like an acid, <laughs> and that's really scary. <laughs> Honestly, it's kind of nice because it kind of makes me feel like I can see some of the evolutionary history mm-hmm. of these humanoids. Because I'm like, that's kind of gorny to spit acid, venom, and it's kind of telluride to have these big tusks mm-hmm. going on. So I'm like... I appreciate these uh, common <laughs> evolutions. Sure. Um, so, yeah, what what could that tell us about the environment the Klingons evolved in? What we do know is that they evolved eventually away from that exoskeleton, um, and they have an internal skeleton. Again, super thick, really crazy thick skull, very pointy, lots of ridges and horns and whatever, kind of small underneath the skin. And they also have gnarly teeth, and they also have these really thick, wide vertebrae Mm -hmm. and a honeycomb-like rib cage. Oh, yeah. Which I think I've talked about before because it's weird because it doesn't leave any room for expansion. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if it's just to, like, reduce the amount, like, instead of getting stabbed in the ribs or something, like, maybe. Because a honeycomb shape is a really strong shape. Yeah. Uh, So potentially it helps them have kind of a stronger rib cage i just mm-hmm. don't know how their lungs expanded because <laughs> cuz it doesn't look like it moves um but if you look at what we know about the biology of konosh that's kronos for everybody else <laughs> i don't know discovery has poisoned me i can't stop calling it konosh mm-hmm. it's like i've been to ibiza um <laughs> barcelona barcelona um but Konosh is apparently super tilted on its axis and really has really unstable and extreme weather mm-hmm. and climate. And so it seems like they need to have evolved 
initially really extreme traits in order to deal with that. And Mm -hmm. so they needed to have a lot of external protection because maybe there's hurricanes throwing stuff around. There's some kind of indication that there's being a cave planet and they live in Mm -hmm. subterranean Mm -hmm. caves because of the extreme weather. Yeah. And we see some cave action and cave temples and stuff in different Oh, we do. You're right. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. And so they're having, basically they're having like kick fights with their Mm -hmm. foot horns in caves is how they evolve (laughs) to weather (laughs) weather extreme storms uh, and hot temperatures and whatever. (laughs) That's awesome. But, but the thing is having some of those, like having an exoskeleton is very, more more invertebrates have those things have mm-hmm. those innovations because um, besides armor exoskeletons are really good at keeping an animal from drying out if they're in an extreme heat situation so um, it kind of keeps their moisture contained and that's why mm. crabs have exoskeletons because they can go or shore crabs anyway they can go out of the water yeah. for a long time and come back in and still be okay cool so um I'm willing to bet that those exoskeletons also helped with uh, also helped with extreme weather mm-hmm. until the Klingons developed enough technology to have climate control. And at that point, they didn't necessarily have to have this strong external armor, and so they probably developed um, their bones, internal bones, probably developed a little bit better. Okay. And they lost the exoskeleton stuff. Whoa. <laughs> I wonder if at any point in their history they had like a surface dweller versus cave people. Um, oh, probably. Struggle. They yeah. constantly are fighting with each other about mm. all kinds of stuff. They love to, <laughs> they love to pick sides, and they're they're dramatic. That is, they're true. what a dramatic That's group. Very true. <laughs> dramatic species. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's what you get when you cooped up with each other in caves for long enough. <laughs> you start to pick <laughs> fights with each other. <laughs> I've seen Survivor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's another interesting thing about them is that because they form houses, like mm-hmm. they make these really strong uh, familial groups and kind of social groups, we see a lot of differences in traits. Mm-hmm. So we don't have, there's a lot of species humanoid species in Star Trek that just have one skin color, for instance, like an Orion is an Orion is an Orion, mm-hmm. an Andorian is an Andorian. You, like, you can tell because they're blue, and if they're an Anar, they're a subspecies. They're, they're like totally different. Klingons, we've seen such a variety of skin tones mm-hmm. and hair textures and face shapes, and like they're just so different compared to like any other Star Trek species, except for maybe, well, including humans. They're about akin to humans. Vulcans. Vulcans, Mm -hmm. maybe less so. I think the more visible Vulcans tend to be uh, particular. I mean, I guess 50% of the Vulcan viewing on Star Trek is just someone who is is Spock or related to Spock. (laughs) I guess that's what I'm thinking of. But yeah, Klingons can be white. They can be blue. They can be brown they could be violet sky i'm just getting into a something <laughs> uh, oh no i guess i guess you're right is that we see a little bit more bluish and mm-hmm. violet even in like discovery mm-hmm. and, and lower decks i, I think. loved that retcon like i, I mm-hmm. loved i loved the design of klingons in the new that is a very controversial statement i, I liked, said what i said i liked it too um but like speaking of the way klingons look kind of, of redesigns 
This is the elephant in the room when talking about Klingons, but they, they change from the original series to the next generation, which I kind of already went over. Um, and then they change again from like TNG, Deep Space Nine Voyager. In Discovery, they're redesigned again. Mm -hmm. the, reason for, the reason for that is uh, updating the look with updated technology, like they can do more, so they want to do more. Mm -hmm. That was the original stated reason for the redesign in the motion picture in The Next Generation. Uh, when asked about it, I think Gene Roddenberry said, this is the way I would have made them if I had the technology, so they've always looked like this. Um <laughs> Which, perfect. for me, that's a perfectly satisfying answer, but that's, you know, not everybody likes that, and that's that's also okay. So in Enterprise, there was a two-parter episode where they explained why the original series Klingons look the way they do, and it's because the Klingon Empire stole human genetic augmentation technology in order to make their own super soldier soldiers, but they used human augment DNA and so those original series Klingons we see have like human DNA in them that's the reasoning the reasoning yeah and like that kind of ties back to the 70s medical manual that says they're products of genetic bioengineering oh that's right yeah, yeah well and and they have the bioengineering technology to turn mm -hmm. Voke into Ash Tyler right like they yeah. can do a memory wipe and basically a molecular level or, or cellular level mm -hmm. change uh clearly very painful but um i think <laughs> yeah I, I think uh it's interesting that they have such they've always had such high level body modification mm -hmm. technology i think the reason why this is different than the illyrians who they're genetically modified and therefore not allowed in starfleet mm -hmm. in the same way it's Probably, like, I can see a world in which it's because they do it to individuals and not to everybody. Right, right. And so, like, as long as you as an individual are not genetically modified. Yeah, so, like, I don't think Worf was. No. Um, because he's, he was a pretty original-looking Klingon. Right. So I wonder if, like, some houses will, um, for funsies. Because <laughs> they're like... What? Dabble. They dabble. Yeah, they're like, mm -hmm. I would like mermaid skin. Here we go. <laughs> it's clearly they're, they're Klingon spies everywhere, mm -hmm. and so they have the technology to change body forms and whatever. So, yeah, and I wonder... There's a very big range of philosophies between the houses. Mm -hmm. You know, like the Duras family has its own idea of um, what the best <laughs> thing to do is vis-a-vis -vis being good Klingons, and the house of like Martok and Moog don't agree with that and they are such a big broad society mm -hmm. they they started on Konosh on this really really chaotic planet hiding in caves and mm -hmm. once they kind of came into their own and started diversifying then they were able to get into space and break into their own groups and mm -hmm. really yeah really really yeah. diversify as a species which i think is really cool yeah i think the the klingon lawyer in enterprise talks about how there was a time when klingons didn't have such an emphasis on the warrior caste, mm -hmm. and there were more artists and more doctors and more lawyers and then something happened in their society just before the time of enterprise that it's called fascism folks yeah um yeah their culture changed and it changed really fast and people like that lawyer felt 
sad by that, <laughs> by what their people were becoming. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. On that note, <laughs> I, I feel like we've we've kind of yeah come through what all that we wanted to talk about putting all that stuff together. Mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about it because we've never talked about how all of these things relate to their home worlds. Yeah. And that's yeah. what interests me. Cause I I'm, didn't know anything about their planet's axial tilt. That really interests me because I'm into... Space? Know, space. I'm really into that. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, um, thanks for sticking with us. We're trying to keep on a fairly regular schedule, but mm-hmm. life happens. Yeah. Thanks for coming back after our unintentional break. Yeah. Yeah. If you liked this episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcast listening app like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. We're adding more transcribed episodes there every month. While you're thinking about it, please rate us and leave us a review so other people can find us. If you didn't like this episode, dishonor on your house. (laughs) Ditto. You can follow us both on Tumblr and Instagram at Spinal Frontier Pod. We've also been on Where's Beverly and Trexperts quiz recently, so you should definitely check out our friends' shows as well. If you have any topics, suggestions, or questions, we're always excited to hear from you. Okay, honey, you can press play.